Check it out, John. Are you ready yet? Are you ready yet? The Pels and Spurs tomorrow night. You got two play-in games. Daniel Salerson, thank you for letting me take over your office for the studio today, sir. The two games tonight are? Cleveland and Brooklyn, mm-hmm. L.A. and Minnesota. Uh, some tragic news happening earlier today in case uh, I'm sure by now you've seen on social media or on the news. There was a shooting in a New York City subway in Brooklyn. Ten shots, 16 total injured. I don't know if it's uh, been updated since then. But earlier this morning, while the Nets were practicing or having, I guess, their shoot-around for the game, Kevin Durant was asked about it afterwards. And you know it was interesting to kind of hear from his perspective uh, the, the the unfortunate aspect of the fact that they're practicing and this was going on outside. It's devastating to hear about, I mean, some, I, think, I don't know the details, I don't know too many details, but, you know, to hear the sirens out front, the um, proximity and see so much commotion going on outside, you know, you hope and pray that for the best for everybody involved. A total of 16 people, Daniel, will treat it for injuries after the rush hour Brooklyn Incident there. Obviously, you've been to the Barclays Center several times. It's right there, and it's you know a beautiful facility. Obviously, and things like that. But you have a game tonight, but that is obviously going to be not only a topic, but he's still at large as well. So I, I'm trying to think of you know you got just a couple hours here before the game. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of things that are kind of going to. I guess creep up on them as far as you know what's going to happen tonight. Obviously, the game is playing as scheduled according to as we're watching ESPN. But you know the mindset changes a little bit. You know the, again, this is more than sports at this point. It was it was two miles down the street. I shouldn't say down the street, but two miles as far as getting uh, as far as how far it is from the practice field. And they can see the helicopters flying around. They can see everything else. Yeah. And so the fact that that's could be in the back of their minds. Not saying it's going to affect how they play, but. It, it, it could. You never know. You know, it's just tragic. Obviously, you see what's going on, obviously, in Ukraine and other areas of that nature. And then, you know, this guy apparently walked in with a gas mask, throws a gas canister in there, is wearing a vest. It's just it's tough to, you know, to wrap your mind on that, that that can happen. But that, obviously, is one of the things going on and taking place with uh the game tonight. So that is one of the games. And then, of course... The other game that we will be keeping an eye on, 8.30 on TNT, Clippers and T-Wolves, Daniels. We touched on that. Minnesota, three-point favorite there. Minnesota's one of the teams that we touched on. Uh, as Sean Kelly joins us here in your <clears throat> office studio, as we like to call it. He knows very well exactly. all about this, and nothing's changed. <laughs> um, one, of the, you know, one of the teams that we touched on that has taken one of those steps this year. So, Sean, you've called, you know, obviously a ton of games here. Uh, for ESPN in the NBA, but we've touched on the importance of the Pels playing tomorrow, but you've seen teams this postseason that have taken, say that's that Memphis, obviously Minnesota's getting there, Cleveland there as well. It, it I'm excited about this postseason because you have uh, some new blood. And at the same time, I think it's pretty open. You got some favorites and I like the Suns and Bucks, but. I think it's going to be fun this year. I'd like to also thank the Los Angeles Lakers for being an abject failure <laughs> to open we've been the door for some of this. Yes, we've been playing a lot of those sound bites yesterday. Well, this, this is weird being back in here, to be honest I mean, with you. We spent a lot of time in here I together. <laughs> <laughs> no, this will be great. This will be my first time back in the building in three years, um, which at first I was abhorrently you know, embarrassed by that. But the first year was the bubble. The second year we all had limited 
capacity. This year is my only excuse for not having been mm-hmm. at the Smoothie King Center yet. So here we are. I waited till the end. But in, in, in somebody that's called other games and seeing everything else around the league and then seeing this progression from 1-12 in 12 to now and being in this situation and – I mean, you're seeing the community being involved in it on social media. I mean, it, there's legit growth. Oh no, from doubt. you know your days of calling the game. Oh, no, there's no doubt. I mean, like yesterday, I was out running errands. I had some Pelicans gear on. Everybody's you know go Pels and everything else, and so that feels good. That feels like it did you know now several years removed. But there's that kind of buzz not only here but also in a lot of the other markets. I think the play-in tournament has proven itself to be a very good thing for the NBA. Um, it's allowed teams like New Orleans. It's going to allow teams like Charlotte, Atlanta, Cleveland. There'll be others too. When Portland starts to make their way back up, you'll, you'd think that they would have to kind of come through the play in route as well, uh, as they, as they build back. So this, this has relevancy to games all the way to the end of the 82 game schedule. Um, it has certainly been a godsend, I think, for a lot of teams that got hit hard with COVID earlier this year. I mean, they were handed out 10 day contracts like candy. You know, if you remember back in December, early January. So all those things have factored in. And, and Gus, I'm with you. I, I think the postseason is going to be extremely entertaining, starting with the games tonight. I got to imagine part of your job, obviously, when you talk to other people, coaches, players, what have you, whether it's getting ready for games or just the day of or the day after, is perception of how people view New Orleans and the Pelicans. Have you seen that change this year? Not necessarily. I think it'll take a win tomorrow night to okay to do that. I think the conversation all along has been Zion or no Zion, and that's the national perception. If Zion's involved, then New Orleans is relevant in the NBA world, and when he's not, it's irrelevant. And we all know how long it takes for a market our size to gain attention and then hold it. We also know, you know, that there is a bias. On the coast, right? Don't get me wrong. I mean, just just like Perk said the other day, can we just stop talking about that team? Right. We are. It's done. It's you know, shoot it, you know, put it on the curb, something. Um, but a, a win tomorrow night gets the rest of those who are not really in tune with what's going on kind of into the fold. And so, um, I'm not. I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to finish the answer by saying that nobody knows what's going on. Sure. Because people who follow this really know what's going on, especially since the C.J. McCollum trade there you go. and what's changed. But I think uh, as far as national awareness of what Willie Green and these guys are doing here, it, it, it comes with a win tomorrow night. And then, you know, then if Z signs the extension over the summer, then, then you're right back to where you were when they drafted him. More national games on radio and television – more awareness, you know, across the league and the markets, you know, on both coasts. So maybe perhaps a better roster and a better team around you at that moment. Uh, that's why I asked you that because when you're saying that, it, what's remarkable is the reason people have cared. He hasn't played this season. Right. They, they love Herb Jones, who's known for defense, which is nuts to me when you think about that. They love Alvarado, who wasn't a drafted player, <laughs> earned his way. They love to him a, here. Right. No, no, that's what yeah. I'm saying, but that's the beauty of, 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 I guess, Seeing this community care about Pell's basketball when it's not necessarily based because of a star's name. Or oh, something. Does that I, make okay. sense what yes, I'm getting at? on the local angle. Yeah, yes. right, which is crazy to think about because I, I know that's the case. Obviously, no one outside of here knows those guys are. But a game like tomorrow, national eyes will see those guys play. If we're all being honest with each other, each other being those who we live here, sure. we're, we're a little front-runner kind of, kind of crowd. I mean, let's just be honest. 
we are what we are. We like we like our winners, and we really jump in on it when it's happening. Um, I think that I've noticed here locally one thing, and this goes back to what you were saying about Jose or, or Herb or those guys. I think that the other two things that matter to the fan base here is, number one, if I go to a game on any given night, my team has a chance to win. I think you can check that box now here late in the season. And the other one is, when I go to watch my team play, I want to know that they play their hearts out on most every night. And I think Willie Green and that culture that has now kind of been established here. So all those things work in your favor. I'm glad you brought up Willie Green because I think you've had a chance today to interact with him a little bit. I know you haven't been in this arena, but from afar, what you've seen He's got a little bit of Monty Williams-esque in him. Yeah, it's, and, it's a lot of Monty and, Williams. And, you, and you've been around Monty a lot of your time when you were here. I guess what is what are some of the similarities and how what he's trying to do here, what Monty was able to do not only here, but now what he's doing in Phoenix. Monty and now Willie both, they really know how to take the temperature in the room with regard to the staff and the players go. That's the first step. Um, Willie is even less removed from being a player than Monty was when he came here as a head coach. So I think Willie does a nice job of relating to them, but at the same time holding them accountable as well. Everybody talks about, oh, he's a, he's a player's coach. Well, no, I, I, I just, I hate that label. I think it's, I think it's understanding the players and where they're coming from, but also you have to hold them accountable as well. And I think those players are looking for that. There's an accountability that is not, you know, I'm not sure you're, um, superior in any way, but, you know, I am kind of the boss here. So I'm, I'm, I'm the guy driving the car, basically. So if I tell you, you know, I need you to be quiet for a minute because the traffic's getting heavy. Right. Then, yeah, but otherwise you can play the music as loud as you want. You know, one of those things. And so th- there's a lot of Willie, uh, similarities between Willie Green and, and Monty Williams. And I think in a lot of ways, and, and I'll just say this now, not being employed by said franchise anymore, one of the greatest mistakes was letting Monty Williams go and and choosing that path. There was another path to be chosen at the time, and they chose that one. I think this allows them a do-over or there's a reset right. in the fact that Willie Green is much more like Monty than maybe most people didn't realize. Now, a lot of times here, Sean, as well, speak with Sean Kelly, ESPN Raiders, going to be calling the game tomorrow night. When you look at – the logo behind you and the Florida Lee. I've used this the last couple of days on the show. We talked about it earlier today. The importance of having Drew Brees, not only what he did on the field for a Sean Payton to help change the culture, but off the field from the get go, his opening press conference, he and his wife we want to be a part of the community. We're starting this. What CJ McCollum has done. I mean, it's easy. You can look at stats and see what he means to this team basketball wise. Today is the latest article with Will Guillory that I'm going to change the culture and how people view this franchise. To have that guy with what he does with the league and the players union say those things, getting, you know, food trucks for Mm -hmm. people in this building that a lot of people may didn't know that he did. Um, but from day one saying he loves this place, he loves Willie Green and you can win here on this team. How big is that? That's huge. Um, we were just talking with Willie Green moments ago and, and, with regard to the C.J. McCollum edition, one of the big things was it was a mutual thing. The Pelicans knew that they they wanted him, and 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 it was a mutual feeling from C.J. as well. So that's the first off on the right foot with regard to the transaction. I think it speaks to two things. Number one, what kind of an individual he is. And number two, I think that playing in Portland has a big, big part of what 
CJ will want to do here, not only with the franchise, but with the community as well. Because that culture in Portland, that relationship between city and town is very much Saints New Orleans-like, St. Louis Cardinals-like, Portland and their trailblazers, the same thing. It is it is the thing in town. Yes, Oregon, Oregon State, they don't want to talk about anything that has to do with Seattle. In Portland, that team is the town's identity, and there's a, a reciprocation that goes along with that. And I think that having CJ come from that to here is a big part of why we're seeing so quickly why CJ's in tune with the importance of that relationship and wanting to, to better it and and really be, a, as you mentioned, a true citizen of our town, mm-hmm. our, our area. Um, and, again, there's that and then just the person he is. you got to have the right person. So. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I got one more question for you. You can wait after the break, or I can just do it right now if you want to go late. Let's do it right now if you Let's don't do mind, because i got to get my partner back to his Real hotel. easy, then. I just want to ask you your thoughts on the game tomorrow. Nikeen, what kind of game do you expect to see? A wild game. Um, I'm a little – Daniel's going to laugh because he, he's known me so well. I'm going to go glass half empty first. I think there's a problem if New Orleans doesn't hit some threes early. If they don't hit threes early, San Antonio's going to pack it in, and that's and and then you're going to have to try and play coming out of a hole. If you can nail some shots early, especially from that perimeter, keep them a little bit more honest. Then you've got that size now inside that can start to to work in your favor. San Antonio is very good at taking care of the basketball and very good at shooting the three point shot. But at the same time, there aren't a lot of guys with a lot of experience in these elimination games on that roster now. Much the same for New Orleans too. So I, I think it's very interesting. How the first few minutes will tell us what we need to know. I do like New Orleans' resiliency. If that things don't go right early, that they can play hard enough and well because they're at home, and I think the crowd will really be behind them tomorrow night. I know it should be fun for you to be back in the arena and actually see that kind of excitement and level, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll be unbiased, sort of, <laughs> but I think we all know. Thank you, Sean Kelly. ESPN Radio has got the call nationally. Of course, you can hear the game right here with Ty Graffinini, John DeShazer, and Daniel Salerson on your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New York. All right, people, it's time for the Caesars Sportsbook Report. Caesars is giving a feast to new users, and by feast, I mean a $250 Uber Eats gift card. Here's how it works. Just wager $50 for your first bet, and win or lose, you'll get a $250 digital gift card for Uber Eats. Make sure you use promo code RADIOEAT. That's one word. After you make your deposit, you can bet on all of your favorite sports, like the NBA play-in round and the brand-new 2022 MLB season. And with Caesars Rewards, every bet you place, win or lose, brings you closer to redeeming amazing benefits, tickets, free stays, experiences, and more. Must be 21 physically present in Louisiana, permit pending in Horseshoe Poster City. Not available in prohibited parishes, new customers with eligible promo code only. Real money wages only that have minimum odds of minus 200. $250 gift card redemption code and steps to redeem gift card will be sent via email within 72 hours. Uber if guard terms and conditions apply. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-877-770-STOP. Caesars Sportsbook, the only app with Caesars rewards. Download it. An accident with an 18-wheeler can cause king-sized problems and wreck your life. If you've been injured by a big rig, don't play the game of claims with the insurance companies. The King Firm attorneys are experienced at handling 18-wheeler crashes and will seek king-sized awards for their clients. 
Get the royal treatment you deserve when you ring the king. If you've been in an accident with an 18-wheeler, ring the king at 909-KING. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus, the river parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. Now back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. I don't know if that was good for my stomach to hear Sean Kelly say he's expecting a wild one. 800-998-1003. He is right, though. I think uh, three-point shooting, Trayshon Langdon, when he sat in here, he said both teams aren't really exactly the best three-point shooting teams. And the key that that's going to be for those teams to be able to knock down a couple of those shots. 800-998-1003. If you'd like to chime into the conversation, um, I thought really good interviews with, with Trajan as well, and even Sean specifically talking about C.J. McCollum. And again, Will Guillory of The Athletic, maybe we'll get him on tomorrow, just wrote a really good piece, kind of touching on what I've been speaking about the last two shows on Friday and on Monday. The importance of having a guy like C.J. McCollum do what he's doing, which I keep calling Breeze-like. And... If you haven't read it, I suggest you do, and I see the lines um, starting to get um, full here. Again, if you want to chime in, 800-998-1003. Buddy will take your phone calls in the Loro Studios. I think that one of the things that is important is to have a player like that legitimately sort of mean that. And Sean brings up the, the aspect of the relationship between Portland and its fan base and how that might help how CJ is going about it. But... I thought just as important to an extent to hear Lee Anderson two weeks ago in the Jody Collada show say, I don't, I don't know where this negativity comes from. Zion loves New Orleans and then he can't wait to play. He's looking forward to, to doing all that. Again, you can believe it. You can say, well, he's saying it now. I, I, it doesn't matter. Hearing it, which is something that I've been saying as well, it, it's better than not. You understand? Having a player of CJ McCollum's status experience, respect, and position as head of the Players Association in the union there, to have him say that the way this franchise is viewed and the way New Orleans is viewed as a basketball city will change by the time I'm done here. And that, I, I, you, you almost at a loss for words there. Because that's what Drew Brees did. And I go back to what Sean Payton said in his, uh, you know, farewell presser, where he put the logo of the Pittsburgh Steelers up on the projector there in front of the team and, and said, what do you think about with them? And then he brought up the win-loss record before they started winning Super Bowls. And that success, that the players' success, and how they leave their imprint in history determines how you view certain things. I brought this up throughout the season. All of a sudden, you don't be surprised if in, you know, videos, music, artists, things start, start wearing, you know, Grizzlies hats and, and, and things of that nature because they want to be a tie to, you know, Ja Morant. 
and what the Grizzlies sort of do. People love winnings. Why? You see what the Lakers were, showtime, things of that nature. But those players have to make that. And that's what that's what was Sean Payton's point. That the organization and the franchise hadn't had that. They hadn't had that winning percentage. It's sprinkled here and there. But no one looked as New Orleans as a football destination, as a place to go to. And by the time Drew Brees and Sean called it a day, you had players taking one-year contracts. You had players taking less money. You had players wanting to be here and staying in their free agent, you know, interviews once they sign with the team on Zoom or whatever the last couple of years. So I came here to win a championship. I love the culture and all that. It takes time to build, but you've got to have that. As Daniel's been saying throughout the show, he keeps starting with coach and being able to have that. Daniel, when you heard Trajan sit here and speak about you're kind of behind the scenes a little bit there of that interview conversation, same guy today that he was several months ago when he was interviewing for the job. That's I like hearing that because it fills in a bit of the piece as to why we hear what we hear from other people. Steady, you know, does it move? But to hear that when he's trying to interview for the job, he's the same guy. But that's something that stood out to him. That was the first thing that he said when I asked him that. Yeah, and that's why I kind of brought up with Sean the whole Monty Williams comparison. And it's not to bring up old times here. It's more what Monty's been able to accomplish. Monty basically turned down the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, given the situation now, but two years ago, who's turning down the Los Angeles Lakers? But Monty is not really a guy I don't think that can be in that situation because of what he means to basketball, what basketball means to him. And with him to take Phoenix, again, from just an 8-0 bubble run to the NBA Finals in New York. I know players help that, but it's a combination, and that's where it all comes back to. It's a combination of the Willie Greens with their players. It's a combination of Monty Williams with the players. And the fact that they're consistently back again, and not only back, I mean, they had 65 wins this season setting franchise records, and they don't look like, you know, it's hard when you make the finals. Can you repeat that? not only making it, but winning it. And the fact that they looked like they haven't missed a beat, sure. even when they dealt with injuries with Chris Paul, they were still winning without Chris Paul. Their games were Booker and Paul were out. They were still winning kind of like the John Morant being out in Memphis. That's coaching. That is coaching. That's the players surrounding him. And that's kind of the recipe that we're looking for here. Saints winning without Drew Brees. Yeah. Right. Same thing when he was injured the last two seasons that he was here. And the other thing that, that, that stood out right before we go to Rick here is, Sean saying, hey, you know, keeping Monty Williams. Monty has said himself he's a different coach now. Chris Paul says he's a different coach now. Um, you learn through experience. You learn through life lessons. He's dealt with an incredible amount of different things from being let go to the tragedy in his life of losing his wife to getting that second opportunity to understand that maybe basketball's a part of his life and how he can find solace and happiness in that, getting young guys to grow and doing those things. Um, we're different. I'm different. You're different than before you had two kids, as I see behind mm-hmm. you, your desk, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're completely different. different. Yeah. So, and I think that's why, again, it's so important that Willie gets that experience tomorrow. He's going to be different next He's year. He's going to be different I mean, next year. It's absolutely. a great point. Absolutely. You're going to see the growth. He's going to learn from these types of games. And he says it after games, I could have done better managing this part of the game. There was one game that I forget which one that we lost that I was like, they didn't call timeout there at the right. end of the game. He said, I wanted to let him go. It was one where Jose Alvarado got a shot in the left wing and they ended up losing. I forget. That might have been the Spurs game um, that they lost right before the Lakers game. And he goes, that's something maybe my next time. I'm calling a timeout in that situation and resetting. But he kind of let go. And that's the kind of things that 
you have to learn on the fly. Willie's been an assistant coach, and he's learned from two great coaches in Monty yep. and Steve Kerr. He's going to take some of what he learned from those two and bring them with him. But now after a year, after seeing what his team is, he's going to take what he learns this year and bring a lot of it to next year and then maybe tweak some stuff a little bit. That's hey, where you coaching see the against Greg Popovich tomorrow yeah. is going to help him because he's going to be in the mid-game good. oh, boy. That's a chess match. Yeah, that's no, going to be that's what I'm getting at. Match. That's how you get better. Rick, thank you for calling the sports hangover. What's up, buddy? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the the key thing with the, us winning tomorrow to me is communication all around the board, coming from the, the starters on to the second line. Um, starting off with getting um, JV started, which I don't think uh, San Antonio have any answer for, but to double team and uh, getting out of those double teams, people getting in the right position. So when the double team do uh, react, that they can pass the ball without giving live ball turnover. Free throws. They have to capitalize on free throws. My last thing, giving up second chance points. And that's all I have to say. Thanks for taking my call. We appreciate it right there. There you go, Daniel. That's the other thing, too. I meant to, if we had more time with Sean, would have brought up, too. It's been several years since AD and Drew swept the Trailblazers and went into the second round. I made this statement last week. Jordan doesn't think so, but I don't trust Jordan right now. He's in the middle of schoolwork right now, here. and he's young. Yeah. I think the the city, the fan base itself, is more understandable or understanding of the game. They, they're, they're general managers. They're, you know, lottery strategists. I mean, they know guys to pick, not to. I think what Schmidt and, you know, Jake Madison does and all these other guys that cover – um, what used to be non-traditional, but almost to me is, is just as important as what Christian Clark and Will do and all that. And, and, you know, what Chris does with spaces and all, all those things, developing the 12. I would dare argue that from the last time the Pels are in the playoffs to now, I think you have a smarter fan base, a more passionate fan base, a hungrier fan base, and one that's going to maybe enjoy the ride a little bit better. Am I wrong on that? No, and I was in spaces yesterday with Chris as far as a basically a Pelicans podcast group, and there were a lot of people that were able to speak with the Bird Rights, the Pels Pod, the Pels. Oh, after the Lakers, there were seven hundred yeah. plus people on that. Pro Pels talk. Yeah. I, I'm missing hard in the paint with, with Grub. I mean, what Schmidt and Mason do for yeah. Bourbon Tree shots. Jake Madison with Locked On Pels. All of those have different perspectives that I think bring a lot to the table. And I think that's really not looking at it as a competition, which one you want to listen to. It's listen to all of them. There's all different perspectives. David Grubbs had a one with Trey Murphy's dad on it. Jake brings one every morning. I don't know how he does it. We used to do five a week, and it's a lot to do. We do three a week. We bring more of an official podcast vibe to it with guests and stuff to break things down. But, you know, Pell's Pod have their own kind of way of doing things, too. I mean, there's no wrong way, and I think you're right. It's a more passionate fan base. It's smarter. And you're looking what, what these watch parties and what the Pell's 12 has been Absolutely. able to do. It's It's been incredible to see the hype surrounding this team. And, and people that have been there even during the 1 and 12, these are the people that deserve the time like this because they put in the work when no one was talking and about Daniel, this team. And to the point that I brought up with, with Sean here, and I know we got to get to the break and get to Corey, but the point is, it's all being done without Zion. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get behind. We saw Fulton Street. We saw the these jerseys being sold. We saw people that to have that. It's organic. I mean, it's you. you you're literally are caring and giving a bleep about it 
because of Herb Jones's defense, because of Alvarado stealing the ball, because of players like that. I mean, B.I.'s missed some games. C.J. just got here. Like, it's if I get asked why are Pelicans fans fans and excited about this team, it's crazy, but I could maybe case, make the case and argument, and it has nothing to do with the top three players. Right. I mean, honestly. It's like, everyone else. I hadn't been here. Because these, you know, B.I. hadn't played most of the season. They, like, they relate to these fans. The Jose Alvarados, the Herb Jones that put their head down and do the work and work their way up to the situation they are. I think that relates to the resiliency. Billy Hernan Gomez, I'm throwing in there. General D and I cannot have a conversation at the gym without him being in, he loves Billy Hernan Gomez. To your point, Josh Hart was a guy that was loved here as well. Everyone couldn't wait for Naw to be the next guy. Like, my point is it's nuts that I could make the case and argument that more people are passionate and care about your non-traditional stars, per se, it's easy. Mm-hmm. It's easy. That, right. That's easy. Oh, there's B.I., there's Zion. You know what I mean? But, man, it's crazy because I think that's why I feel it's stronger. People actually know, like Saints fans do, everybody on the team. It's why the beer truck guy, you know, it's, it's why Michael Lewis was the guy on this team, you know. He was a punt returner, but people loved him. Yeah, one through fifteen people. Yeah. How many times you can see a guy that was not drafted have a jersey of his sold in the team store because people want it? Like Jose Alvarado, a second round pick, and Herb Jones. People want to wear his jersey. Some guy brought a padlock to the game to have Herb <laughs> Jones signed the other day because he locks it on yeah, defense. But that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Those guys are not named Brandon Ingram, an All Star, Sage McCollum, an All Star, and Zion Williamson, the number one overall pick. They were just getting started. It's again, it's crazy. Those three haven't even played together yet. Can we get tomorrow, man? We have know, eighteen I'm hours just, left. Exactly a, eighteen hours left. I'm and pumped I can't about even tomorrow, and I'm them. actually excited about the future. I really, honestly am. Quick break. We come back. I got to check in. What's going on in the lakefront? Pelican Cup game number two. Tulane UNO. Corey Glore, who's also a Milwaukee Bucks fan. So I'll ask his thoughts here as well, because no one's giving Giannis the respect, and no one's giving Milwaukee the respect here as well. So we'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250. That's a lot of doctors. More doctors, more services, treating more conditions. And keeping more families healthy. World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional. Prescription products require an online physician consultation and are only available if the physician determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. See website for full details and important safety information. Dealing with ED is difficult enough, but the pressure of not satisfying your partner makes it even worse. ED can be tough on a relationship, but at HIMSS, you can contact a medical provider online and, if appropriate, get the prescription medication that treats ED at affordable prices. HIMSS ED medication has the same active ingredients as Viagra, but because it's generic, you pay 90% less. That's right, 90% less. A whole month's supply is just $30, and it's sent right to your home for free in discreet packaging. HIMSS offers the same medication you'd get from your doctor, but without the copay, expensive appointments, or awkward face-to-face conversations. And with HIMSS, every online visit is free, and your relationship, right back on track. For a free online consultation, go to 4 slash joy. That's 4 slash joy for your free visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. Keyshawn, J-Will, 
and Max. It seems to me, and I have no way of knowing this for sure, that some part of Aaron Rodgers wants or needs attention. Like, why do you publicly talk about, I don't know if I'm going to stay. I predicted whatever was worked out, it would be a situation where Rodgers could get out at the end of every year because I think he wants everyone in that same position next year. GJ and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Let's hit it. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. As always, looking forward when Mr. Corey Glore joins us here to talk a little Tulane baseball and also NBA action, sir, because you are a Milwaukee Bucks fan. Corey, first off, good afternoon. How are you? Oh, Gus, I'm doing well. Pleasure to talk to you. What was it? Fear the deer was the phrase. Wasn't that um, the, the motto last year for Milwaukee? It, oh, it still is. It always will be, Gus. Okay. Because I was going to say this year maybe it could be more like buck you since there's no respect apparently for the Milwaukee Bucks. What do you think? Can you do that four times fast, by the way? The, uh, no, I won't, and because I like my job, and uh, and I think that's been the secret motto for Bucks fans, really since the birth of the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. In all honesty, though, it's been a huge topic, obviously, since the regular season has ended. Who is the MVP? And you look, the defending champs that everyone. I mean, I, I listened yesterday morning on ESPN National Radio that if Ben Simmons gives the Nets 15 minutes, they're 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 walking through to the NBA Finals and champions. I mean, it's ridiculous. There is a lack of respect in a sense and feel. I almost feel like they can kind of fuel them going into the postseason, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they are maybe the least uh, talked about defending NBA champion, at least in my lifetime. In fact, they had a season that was similar to the year they had the year prior, uh, has very much flown under the radar. Giannis won't be MVP, even though he's put up those types of numbers. There is a clear fatigue about voting for him again, despite the fact that he deserves to be in that conversation. But no, I mean, it, it, you know, I'm okay with that. Like, keep on, keep on talking about Brooklyn, and if they even get out of the play and, and keep, you know, focusing on them, or keep talking about Boston and the run that they made in the second half, and keep talking about the teams that you know the national media would prefer to have in the mix there. And I'll watch the Bucks. It's Hopefully they'll, they'll do what they did last year, and, you know, I'll watch the Pels and hope they can make a run in the teams that uh, I actually enjoy watching. Who in the East concerns you? I mean, Miami in some respects concerns me. I, I'm not worried about Chicago, and I say that now, and it's on record, and so uh, that might swing around and get me here, but Chicago's been just a mess of late. They're really injured. They've really fallen off the table here. I am concerned about Boston. They're just matchup-wise. They do stretch out the Bucks a little bit more than they would prefer to play defensively. I think, frankly, though, like the Bucks now are at a point where they're as healthy as they have been, and now they have Lopez finally back in the fold, and so if they can get back to kind of the same level of they played in their title run last year. Now that Lopez is back, and I'm not terribly concerned about the East right now. Now Brooklyn at full strength, yeah, they'll provide problems, but you're on the other side of that bracket. You won't see them for a little bit while uh, if it comes to that point. But 
the Bucks are as good as anybody in the East right now, uh, now that they're fully healthy. And so it, it's up to them if they can put it all together defensively um, and make another charge here. Speaking with Corey Glories, the voice of the Tulane Green Wave and also Milwaukee Bucks fan and won't say what I think he should say all the time on the air. No, I, I hear you, man. Uh, I love Fear of the Deer. It's, it's fantastic. I love the playoffs. Can't wait to get into that. But there's also baseball. My Cubbies are in first place, so I'm happy about that. Yes, they've only played three games. Tulane, they um they got to win, and they got to win some series here in conference play. But it's been a good start, Corey. Five and one overall in conference play. And you got a good one coming up this weekend against Houston. But in the meantime, before that, you got the Pelican Cup to still deal with a UNO team that, as you saw in the first go around, it's a game that, man, they want to win. And yay, maybe you guys had some bad luck there. Six errors? Uh, six errors. I wouldn't call that bad luck, though. A lot of it was, uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. And I have, I've told this, I've talked to the, the team and many people. That might have been, honestly, the worst game of baseball I've seen in my life. Like, with how they played that game, it was it was bad. It was really, really bad. And so it wasn't necessarily bad luck that came through two weeks ago. Um, they didn't play good anywhere close to good in that game. I think what, what has sparked that is that after they got back from that game, they actually held a, a, a meeting with the players. They did one of those players-only meetings after that game. And whatever was said in that room after that game got through because then they immediately won six in a row. And they played some of their best ball of the year. So we could look back, hopefully, on that first game up on the lakefront and see that as kind of a catalyst for a push in the second half of the year. They certainly played cleaner baseball ever since that game this past Sunday notwithstanding. But that game, the first game of this matchup, was as dismal of a game as I've seen in a baseball capacity. And since then, I think they've realized that they they can never do that again if they want to get to where they need to go. And they played really good ball ever since. Interesting enough. And now you have, obviously, Houston coming up this weekend in a series where they're, what, they're 21 and 11, 3 and 3 in conference play. When you look at them, Corey, kind of team are the Cougars? I mean, they historically have been the team that's kind of, you know, somewhat sort of beats in the American Athletic this year. Where were they picked preseason? Well, they were preseason seven this year because they had a real down year a season ago. But it seemed like the first half of this season, they found the right mix again of finding enough in that lineup to complement what's usually been a good pitching staff. Houston's been known for having just the most terrific starting pitching. And now it seems like they've gotten back to actually getting some run support for them. They couldn't score to save their lives last year. And now it looks like that's changed a little bit. They did kind of lay an egg to end their series at Cincinnati over the weekend. So I think they're probably looking at this series coming up as, all right, where are we truly in the pecking order here in the Americans? Because they beat uh, a pretty shaky Wichita State team to start and then, they won the opener at Cincinnati and then did not really show up much in the last two games. So for Tulane, this is a chance to, I think, push a team that thinks they're in contention spot right now in the league and push them away a little bit and also get a huge series on the road. And if you win series one, just period, if you win series, which Tulane has done this year, um, then you're going to like where you sit at the end of May. But if you win road series, then you might like where you sit in the start of June. And so this is why this week in particular, with New Orleans coming up tonight and then Houston starting Thursday, it's a pretty critical one. 
Yeah, it's crazy to think too. As I look at the calendar, it's the you know twelfth of April here. Only six series left, six weekends left, and I, I know. Do I dare say they're all important? But is this one of the more important stretches here as well? Not only what you just talked about the importance of going on the series and and winning the series against Houston. You got currently eleventh ranked Southern Miss a week from today um, on campus, and then on campus that weekend it's ECU, and we all know what they've done in their history in the past too. So. Do you say this stretch is as important here to kind of show where you are? It's pretty big here, Josh. And, I, you know, Southern Miss, it's hard not to look at that one a week from tonight and see the possibility of what a win there could do, even though it's at home and road is more important to RPI than home, but you're still talking about a top 15 in the country most likely coming in. Uh, and then ECU, who has had a down year, but is second in the conference right now in terms of RPI, your lane wow. is the highest, and so getting a series against them as well, I mean, that sets you up for the conference title. Like, that pushes you towards the top of the heap there. Um, with, and you even got UCF coming up the weekend after that, so that's, right, that's another one that looms. But, um, no, the, these next two weeks, um, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's not too far-fetched to say that the next two weeks could determine a lot about two lanes. One, potential conference championship standing, and two, potential NCAA tournament standing. Well, you use the phrase buckle down in your pregame speech. I will now. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in today. <laughs> Corey, always a pleasure. Look forward to it. Uh, I guess I, I was going to ask you the key to tonight's game is just go out there and play your baseball, though, right? I mean, play the kind of ball that, that you're capable of playing. That's the key against UNO. Don't com- don't make six errors. That was <laughs> just to start there <laughs> and then see what happens. Let the chips fall where they may, uh, and then uh, and yeah, get a win, jump on the bus and head to Houston, and and then we'll watch the Pels win tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to that. Thank you, Corey. Appreciate it as always, man. See you guys. Yep, Corey Glor, voice of the Tulane Green Wave at Corey Glor, the way to follow on Twitter. Erin has joined us here as well, and we're going to chat with her, get her perspective as to what the season has been like being a part of the broadcast, obviously, here on ESPN New Orleans, but really seeing what I think, Erin, what I'm going to ask you when we get back to is a, a swell of support and how the, the Smoothie King Center is kind of how they are as fans and what it is that actually gets the loudest cheers. I'm interested to hear from you from that perspective, being there on the floor levels. The Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans, your home for Pelicans basketball. Time is measured in minutes. But life is measured in moments. And your mom was there for all your biggest moments. His mom is my wife. Bobby is my son. Mother's Day is coming. The Together Forever Diamond Pendant is perfect for Mother's Day. $169, $299, all the way to $1,695. I love you to the moon and back is also perfect for Mother's Day. At just $99 each, you can get one for yourself. And one for your mom, too. We also have them for $149 and $499. Diamonds, diamonds, diamonds. Or? Or what? Or we have hundreds of other perfect gifts for Mother's Day. Like a pair of big diamond stud earrings. They always fit, and they never go out of style. And you get full value forever when you trade up for a larger pair. Only at Ramsey's. The largest diamond store in Louisiana is Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers. On veterans between Bonneville and West End and Metairie. 
Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafourche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette. Plus the River Parishes too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply. 985-223-8807. Highway 311 in Homa. If your garage door is damaged or destroyed during Hurricane Ida, then you need to call American Garage Door Supplies in Homa today. If you need a dependable repair or professional installation, American Garage Door Supplies in Homa will deliver a level of incredible service for your residence or business. Call 985-633-1623 today or stop by 7424 West Park in Homa and check out the many colors of residential and commercial roll-up doors. Plus, at American Garage Door Supplies of Homa, you'll get your door in just a few weeks, not months. Like us on Facebook, American Garage Doors. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Only one performance a day. Let's get this show on the road, eh? Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back to the spacious first-class studios of the Daniel Salerson office here. We treat you well here it's at really the Oscar nice. Sports Performance. It really is nice. Uh, thank you for the bottled water. I appreciate that. Yeah. Aaron Summers That's joins a dollar, us. By the way. <laughs> Aaron E. Summers over on Twitter. Aaron, how are you? I am doing great. I am really looking forward to tomorrow. You've There's had, a lot going on. You've had a busy first year yeah. since you've been here. I mean, it's when you been think because you you do Saints coverage here as well, and I'm gonna say after the game, I. I Felt like I knew you, seeing, you know, watching you do the post-game coverage, go to the podium and all that. A wild Saints season to begin with. I mean, things that you never thought you would mm-hmm. probably cover, such as entire staffs missing games, players missing games. It all started with a hurricane. <laughs> hurricane Every first couple of weeks, she had to relocate Yeah, a hurricane. Like, exactly. Welcome to yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to New Orleans. And then you have, you know, this Pell season that starts 1-12. in 12. You don't have the player that most people want to, you know, know and, and and see and doesn't play so far this season and all that. And yet I, I feel like we've talked for almost three hours now about there's a swell of energy that you're feeling that's organic. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, I could almost argue, have to do because of Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, or Zion. Mm-hmm. It's other guys. Like how many franchises really have fan bases that, as Daniel said, either will wear a jersey, want a shirt, or look forward to seeing or talking about Guys that don't start or are franchise players is crazy, huh? Let's talk about the demand that there was for a Jose Alvarado jersey right. when he was a two-way player. I mean, we didn't even know he was going to be around that long. And then, obviously, because of the way that he's played, the way that he's approached this opportunity, he's going to be here for a lot longer. But the fans really rallied around him. They were really excited about somebody like Herb Jones, who nobody really knew anything about. And he's very quiet. He goes about his business and he just excels on the basketball court. He's been incredible to watch. There's just been really cool storylines that I think the fans have been able to get behind this season. Look, I I, I think a lot of times media members or maybe some fans go, oh, is it really like that though? And with your perspective and your position where you're sitting and and around there and doing sideline work or baseline work, I don't know. Take us down there. I mean, they legitimately do look at least like when the TV cuts off to it, or I look at it from perspective that the guys are chat with one another. They legitimately are happy mm-hmm. with one another. What's the interaction sort of like from your perspective? From where we were at in practice, even the very beginning of the season, nothing has changed. It's been incredible the way that they come 
to work every single day. They are playing music. Coach Green talks about it all the time. Every time that we go to practice, it's going to be the same. We're going to have fun. We're going to put in the work, but we're going to enjoy the fact that we get to play basketball. And he's talked about how much he enjoys that opportunity. He's just so thankful for the fact that this is his job and he approaches it that way. His positivity, his, you know, he's just very grateful for where he's at. And I think he's instilled that in the players and that, yeah, it's basketball. It's hard. We want to win, but we also want to have fun doing it. And they do have a lot of fun. They spend a lot of time together on the court, off the court. We've seen it on road trips. We've seen it on social media, you know, very, uh, weird pairs of guys hanging out that you would never think that right. they would enjoy. I mean, just the other day, yesterday, Billy Hernan Gomez, Jonas Valanciunas, and um, Jose Alvarado posted a picture yeah. of them hanging out. I cannot even imagine the conversations or how that cool meal would go. It's a table, too. You got, like, prosciutto yeah. over there. You some wine. I'm like, I like that. Yeah, and you I think it was, like, it. middle of the day. I was yeah. like, good on you guys. There's <laughs> some beverages. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Must but, be nice. And then watching them, you know, at practices, shoot around, having little competitions, and it's different groups of guys every time. It's not the same people hanging out. It's this different people smiling, laughing, joking around that you can really see that they all do get along. It's fun watching them on the bench too. I think is part of my favorite, one of my favorite things to do during games is because they are, they're switching seats. They, they're all trying to sit with different people, different times. They're tapping different people and talking to them throughout. So you can really see how the entire team gets along. You talk about practice. You were there today. Obviously, the game tomorrow more at stake here than the 82 regular season games. Was there any different vibe at practice today? Could you tell that? We're playing in the playing game tomorrow, or was it like you said, just regular business as usual for them? Could you tell? Was there a little there bit different? There was a different vibe today at practice okay. for the for the hour that they were actually running through stuff. A little more focused, a little less laughing. There was um, some homemade jerseys that embodied the opponent's teams. Um, I'm not kidding when I say they were, yeah, they used masking tape for numbers to make sure you knew that this is who we were going against. Scout team. Basically. Scout team, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that from this season. You know, they were they ran through a lot more than they usually do. Um, very focused practice. When, then, when that official part was done, then they started having fun and, and kind of goofing off again and going through some stuff on their own. But, um, yeah, did a little different vibe today. That's interesting because Tracy Langdon said, I asked him what to expect him on. He goes, they're going to be prepared. Yeah. Like that, yep. that, that Popovich is going to throw things they haven't seen and things of that nature. We've got about a minute here. What are you looking forward to tomorrow? Like I, I, I'm looking forward to the environment and mm-hmm. ones, the crowd going nuts, the excitement of every possession meaning something and hearing it in what will be a sellout crowd. I am so excited about the atmosphere that's going to be there. We've seen these fans rally around this team and continue to grow over the last few months. It's been incredible to watch this fan base. But I'm also excited to see if what we've seen on the court and the progression of this team can come to fruition tomorrow. You know, that they have the ability to win this game. Are they going to go out there, play together, execute, and do it? Yeah. Play well. That's what yeah. I want to say. Right, exactly. Make, make it a game that should be memorable. As Daniel said, Daniel, it's the last game of the night. Everyone's going to see it, and I think some national eyes will get a chance to finally see it. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah, it's been fun. I cannot wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. And they're going to see a full crowd, so all the national narrative about no one cares about this team. Well, it's not a basketball city. Yeah. Poverty franchise. This, this game sold out tomorrow. Time so, to move it. But no one cares. No one cares. Um, tomorrow, though, we all going to care. Aaron, you can stop by as well and be a part of the show. Yes. 7.30, sections 104, 105, walk around, see it. Get there early. Daniel, as promised, his first, the first round's on him. 
Uh, there's going to be a DJ as well. He's uh, that's not happening. Happy hour prices. How much I made. <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy hour prices. But come on by. We'll see you tomorrow on the show. Matt Moscone. After further review is next on your home for Pelicans basketball. ESPN New Orleans.